Hey guys, Danny here, Editorial Director of Courier, the magazine all about working better and living smarter. This podcast, Looking Up, is a brand new six-part series that shines a light on small business owners here in the UK that have been going against the odds, getting clever with new ideas, supporting their local community, and sometimes even growing in big ways during the pandemic and beyond. Looking Up is created in partnership with Instagram, which builds products and features to promote small businesses and help them grow in tough times. Right, so we've been to London, Manchester, Brighton, Bristol, and Edinburgh. Today, on the final stop, we're heading to Birmingham. Well, today on the final episode of Looking Up, I hate to say it, episode six, well, I'm joined yet again by Amira Jiwa. Hey, Amira. Hey. So this week, well, we speak to the founders of the UK's biggest zero-waste supermarket. Super cool company that they've set up. And actually, the weird thing, as you'll hear, is that zero-waste supermarkets, at least in their form that you and I know it, haven't really been around for a long time. I mean, they came up with this idea a few years ago. And even then, 2017, there really weren't that many zero-waste supermarkets out there at all. But it's funny because I know you've been doing some digging into kind of the sustainable and eco-friendly creds of Birmingham, and you've uncovered some counterintuitive things that actually the city's maybe not that great for this kind of stuff. Yeah, so actually Birmingham is one of the worst places in the UK for recycling and composting and just kind of being more environmentally friendly with how they deal with waste. So it has one of the worst recycling rates in the country with, you know, almost 361 kilograms of rubbish per person thrown out each year. And one of the lowest recycling rates anywhere in the UK, it's actually half of the national rate of 44%. So I think it's great that the biggest zero waste supermarket in the UK happens to be in Birmingham, because hopefully they can kind of help turn a tide in the city so that, yeah, the stats will change. Yeah, it's a great kind of thing they're doing as well, because obviously one of the big questions is given the rise of e-commerce, you know, it could go the other way. You know, people are ordering online, which inherently comes with a lot of plastic sent to their home. So how could a company that, you know, is based upon the idea of no packaging or at least, you know, zero waste packaging survive? And what they're doing is quite clever. They've just recently introduced something called zero waste parcels, which is a very kind of eco-friendly way of sending things out to people, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear about that. I know zero waste supermarkets really are about going in there and, and picking stuff up yourself. And delivery is like the hardest thing to crack when it comes to doing more sustainably. So yeah, excited to hear from the team at Clean Kilo. So a bit later on in the show, we're with Tom Pell and Jeanette Wong, the founders of the Clean Kilo. As we mentioned, it's the largest zero-waste supermarket in the UK. We'll dig into how they managed to adapt and pivot in recent months. But first, we're with Katie Fisher. Katie owns Harvest, an independent organic skincare brand, which she launched back in 2009. In 2015, she opened the brands for a store in the Kings Heath area of Birmingham. So how's business doing right now? Here's Katie. Of course, like any other business, I was worried. But then at the same time, I saw it as a chance to, I suppose, create and resolve. I was thinking on my feet. I've got a great team around me as well. So we all came together and we just, we got through it. We started off by doing a recovery box online. And we've been really, really lucky because we've had so much support from everybody, but also from our community. And we've noticed that with people are ordering lots of gifts online for their friends and families. So they're making orders and they're writing gift messages and we're gift wrapping them because these people are worried about their friends and family's well-being. So we noticed, you know, sales were really, really, really good. We were really, really busy. 
and things like candles, incense, gifting and, and products to comfort people were really, really good sellers. Yeah, I imagine the whole self-care industry really, I mean, I know it did, but I mean, I, I could only imagine being at the forefront of that, being a business owner in the kind of the health and wellness and self-care market and just seeing people buying your products. Yeah, sure. And also you see, we've got treatment rooms in our shop, so people couldn't come for their treatments anymore. I think this is one of the things really, which was quite sad because people needed that. So those people then were going on to buy products and then at home doing their rituals or their cleansing or you know lighting their incense or their candles to make themselves feel better could you talk maybe a bit openly and honestly just about what you've been experiencing as a business owner during these times whether that's struggles you've been facing on a personal level related to the business you know have you been really worried about it or have you taken a more of a you know stiff upper lip kind of approach and you know stoicism kind of thing and you know we'll get through this a bit of both of course i'm anxious about the business because when you work so so hard to build something and then for it maybe to be taken away is you know that's pretty scary but on the other hand i've got a really good team around me and everyone that works for me is local you know we put our heads together and we get on with it and we're just very lucky we have our community to support us the second lockdown has been quieter it's been quieter than the first but we're still busy we're still doing things online and we're still we're offering things like free shipping of a weekend or we've launched our christmas really early this year so all our christmas gifting has been launched. Because that's the big thing, right? Everybody's worried that small business owners will miss out on the giant pre-Christmas shopping rush. Yeah, but there's also been a lot of, you know, there's people on social media sharing to shop with their independence this year and sharing Harvest. And and that's huge, you know, because people are really, really supportive on social media. Has this experience made you, you know, question the business model at all of what you're doing? Time and time again, we've seen people who own physical shops say, ah, I never knew that, you know, e-commerce could be such a whatever fluid part of my business, you know, really add to the bottom line as much as it has. But now it's kind of tipped me over the edge. And now e-commerce is is the future for us. Have you seen that as well? Yes and no. Yes, online's obviously a lot busier than what it was because people aren't able to come into the shop. But then at the same time, the road we're on, our community are walking around and you know they can see through the shop window and they can see what we're doing. And it's a tricky one, that one is, because I am taking each day as it comes. I haven't really got a plan. And I, I guess because we're coming up to Christmas... We're busy anyway. Yeah, I guess if you're really busy, you don't feel the need to kind of take a few days out and say, okay, what really is the plan? It just, you know, every day you have orders coming in. Yeah, of course, the other side of our business is our wholesale business. So the shops we would normally supply, the stores we'd normally supply, they're closed at the moment. But then at the same time, they're also thinking about Christmas because people are going to be shopping on their online store. So there are orders coming through from there. Obviously not as busy as what, what we would be, but there are still orders coming through. What about Birmingham as a city, as a place to launch a small business? Would you recommend it to somebody else to move there and start a business? Is it a good place to start a small business? Daniel, I love Birmingham. <laughs> Did I say it right too? Because I'm used to saying Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> Birmingham, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a great place. I love it. There's so much going on here. And we're just outside of the centre in a place called Kings Heath. And there's a lot, lots of things going on around here. And the community, again, are very, very supportive of any 
shops that open here you know they are here to support us and that's really really nice so yeah I think Birmingham's a great place and if anyone's thinking about opening a shop they should open it here in King's Heath (laughs) everyone's got such a different opinion on everyone's business is totally different isn't it and I suppose I am being honest and saying we are just taking it one day at a time I've got hope that everything will be okay Coming up after the break, lessons from the largest zero-waste supermarket in the UK. Stay tuned. Hi, it's Amira. I'm speaking with small business founders who used Instagram to thrive during lockdown. Here's Monica Howder, founder of Spice Club, an in-person Indian cookery school. Monica is also about to launch Shik Shack, which will offer cooking classes online. So my cookery school doors are currently closed and have been since March, just because obviously with the restrictions, I'm unable to host my intimate cookery classes as I normally do. So yeah, initially it was incredibly challenging because it was an instant sort of stop to all sales and income and so it's taken me a while to get to where I am now but um, I have now pivoted the business so that's what has resulted in the the launch of Shikshuk so that is now an online cookery school that I have now launched the website goes live in a matter of weeks actually so it's been it's been an, an interesting and exciting journey over the last few months. What role if any did social media play in helping you pivot your business? Initially, at the beginning of the pandemic, I wasn't actually really looking to make a change or start a new business. So for me, when I really realised that actually, you know, we're going to be here for the long haul, that's when I turned to social media. And I initially started on Instagram just sharing recipes, just trying to connect people and getting in contact with my following and seeing, you know, is there anything that I can do differently and adapt? So I started just sharing recipes under a hashtag Spice Club Staples and a lot of people are obviously home and I could see that they were, you know, hungry, pardon the pun, to learn new things and obviously cook a lot more at home. So this really got me thinking. And then I decided that I would do weekly live cookery classes so these were just for free and I wanted to from a personal standpoint as well because I actually wasn't really doing anything but also from a a community and business standpoint I saw an amazing uptake in this every Friday we used to have you know quite a lot of viewers come along and I would throughout the week on Instagram start getting pictures of food that people had made from these lives and so that was when I realised that actually there is something to this. And that's when I started to think, right, I've used Facebook Lives, I've used Instagram as a way of sharing. And I think there is something to being able to teach Indian cookery online. Are there any specific Instagram features that you found especially useful? If this is the first time that I've felt the need to want to connect to my followers. And so I used to use Instagram before the pandemic just to share what I was doing and share what the Spice Club was about. But this is the first time that I started using the polls feature on the stories and I use that all the time now just to really find out what do my customers want what do my followers want I was shooting a lot of detailed recipe videos for the online cookery school and I would ask my followers you know hey I'm on a shoot it's top secret I'm not telling you what I'm doing but this is going to be something very soon that I can release and I would ask for their opinions so something very simple you know I'd have maybe a salad that I'd made and I'd ask, hey, does it look better on this plate or, you know, this blue plate or this pink plate? And it was something really simple like that that allowed my followers to kind of feel like they were really getting involved in something that I was creating. People were really excited to find out, you know, oh, right, this is what you've been working on. And, oh, that is the plate that I chose on that poll and you have used it and you have listened to us. And so that was one of the features. 
Do you have any advice for small businesses like yours who want to make the most of social media? Yeah, sure. I would say analyze your current resources and your skill set. Really look at what you do. Can what you do be pivoted towards something else? Can you digitalize what you do perhaps? And also, you know, go to your followers on your social media platforms and ask them, you know, is there a problem that I can provide a solution to? Sometimes as business owners, we have an idea in our head and we go, right, this is my concept, this is my product and I'm going to bring it out. But actually, is there a need for that? So I would definitely say speak to your followers. Use the poll function on the social media apps like Instagram on the stories. Ask your followers like what do you need can I help with that I think the more you can involve your potential customer with your journey the better and the more kind of the more loyal of a customer you'll get because they really feel that they've helped you to you know create the business over now to Tom Pell and Jeanette Wong who run the clean kilo the largest zero-waste supermarket here in the UK. The two created the company after watching a documentary about plastic in the ocean. Their mission with the Clean Kilo is to sell plastic-free products, source as local as possible, and try to reduce food waste. Let's hear from Tom and Jeanette now on how they managed to adapt in a time when e-commerce is on the rise, which presumably means a lot more plastic. Early on in our relationship, actually, we watched a documentary called A Plastic Ocean, which was on Netflix. Through watching that, we realised what was going on in the world. I think we had an inkling of stuff before that as well. But because of that, it kind of made us become more aware and try to cut down the amount of plastic that we bought products in or by going to the supermarket and picking out certain things and not picking out other things. Found that really quite difficult. And with a conversation between us, we kind of, Jeanette kind of asked the question, why is there not like a supermarket where you can get all all of the products without any packaging and she had this vision of a kind of cereal dispensers that you get at the hotel sometimes which at the time we didn't know were possible i'd seen something similar in australia but it was only like scoops so this was kind of like a, a new concept which after doing a bit of research we realized that really there wasn't anything in the uk like that at all there was some things in europe so we kind of did our own research and, and worked out ways to kind of do that kind of thing in, in the uk at the time, neither of you had founded a business before, right? No, nothing like that at all. I mean, myself, absolutely zero business experience whatsoever. But for Jeanette, I mean, you can probably say yourself. Yes, and neither of us had any food retail experience. I was in my career job as a clothing designer, in fact, so nothing related. And it was just mainly we changed because of what needed to happen because there wasn't any options for us and then it seemed like a great idea and the more we researched the more we realized now is the right time you guys have built this amazing brand it's a giant store you've gotten great press lots of customers done a great job and then lo and behold the pandemic hits like it has to every small business in the world and what I'm curious about is how COVID has affected a zero waste store because on one hand you could see e-commerce completely demolishing something like what you're doing because people are ordering plastic packaging from, you know, Amazon and other, you know, Akado and things like that. On the other hand, you see a lot of people shopping locally and kind of doubling down on their local mom and pop shop or local store, independent store. How have you experienced it? There's been a lot of adapting 
along the way and it's constantly changing and even now we're kind of we've been working on a zero waste parcel so we've just launched this about a week and a half ago so the idea is that we've upcycled our uh, paper food delivery bags and into little parcel bags that look quite nice they're hand sewn and people can shop online and customise their parcel. They, so they choose options that they can put in, in a combination. So they'll be like kitchen one and a bathroom one. And the idea is that it's wrapped up and it's tied with jute string and we send it straight to people's friends and family because we're, we're anticipating, you know, not everyone's going to see the same amount of people that they are normally. And obviously a lot more people are shopping online. So we are yeah, constantly adapting to see what we can offer that's, obviously still keeping to to our zero waste and obviously which is why we've upcycled our bags and still making accessible for people I guess. And if you're looking for positives because you know it's been a negative time and there's a lot of negatives towards it but if you're looking for positives out of the pandemic it's forced us to diversify it's forced us to use e-commerce which I don't know whether we would have done without that kind of push so it's something we always thought we should do because we know that that's the way things are going but this has really forced us to do that which is a good thing of course yeah the pandemic has kind of pushed a lot of physical stores over a cliff into the e-commerce world and they've just been forced to adapt to open up their online stores out of necessity yeah i mean luckily we're still able to have a high street presence as well which is good what about Birmingham itself. What kind of city is Birmingham for those who have never kind of shopped at a small business there? Have a lot of the small businesses rallied around one another? Has the community been really strong? Like ourselves of other small businesses, obviously one of our ethos is to support other small businesses too, which is why we stock so many independent suppliers. I'm pretty sure we've got about 60 small independent suppliers that we just maybe just buy one product from. So we've been working closely with them to ensure that they're continuing trading as much as possible. Yeah, even in like the Digbiff shop here, we've been talking to nearby businesses to see how can we group together for um, doing some deliveries together maybe. So it'll be like the independents in, in Digbiff all grouping together in a, a delivery run. And yeah, Bourneville, the community is really amazing. Like there's a lot of support in Bourneville with it being residential. So there's the Facebook help groups and they promote you to advertise your business and then customers are promoting it for you as well. So it's been really nice. What about any big lessons you guys have learned, whether it's the last half year or just kind of generally since you've launched this thing? What have you learned that you didn't know before? Everything about business. Yeah, I don't know if it's learnt or realised. Well, then I guess the past half year, I mean, in particular, kind of since COVID hit, I mean, what are the, oh my God, I didn't know that. If only I knew that in March, things would be different. Kind of the biggest thing I would say, regards to the pandemic and, and business, it's really important for the ability to adapt and diversify and keep one step ahead of the game. Don't panic and just stop what you're doing. Think, okay, what can I do next? And I think that's been the reason why we've managed to stay open all this time so yeah i think that that would be definitely core quite important perhaps finally you know we're all about opportunities product categories on the up industries on the up are there any products that you see customers coming and buying that they didn't buy maybe a year ago or just being in this universe and industry and sector have you noticed something that another smart couple looking to launch a business can do maybe tomorrow I think if anyone's going to start a business now, the the, the roots need to be, how is it going to be green, basically? I think that's really key because that's what consumers are looking for, your ethics and why Mm. they should shop with you. Where do you want to take the company now? 
assuming the world kind of stays as is for the next few years, I mean, do you want to open up more locations? Do you want to double down on e-commerce a bit? After opening our second shop, we were a bit exhausted, is a good word to use, and stressed. And I think, like, we've realised that two shops is probably enough for us, yeah. We've yet to see how well the zero waste parcels goes and and whether the deliveries and click and collect starts to boost or continue after the pandemic if that happens so if that does continue then yeah i think improving the e-commerce side of things would be important for us we've got a little few kind of smaller expansion plans but not in terms of physical shops but it's all kind of top secret at the moment but yeah we're trying to reach more areas of birmingham so yeah we'll see how that goes (laughs) And that was episode six, the final episode of Looking Up. There are really endless stories right now of small businesses doing amazing things to stay interesting, competitive, and just stay around in these weird times. I hope you enjoyed our tour up and down the UK. Make sure to tune into Courier's other podcasts, The Courier Weekly and Courier Workshop, for more inspiration about working better and living smarter. And for more stories from Courier, just head to couriermedia.co. Looking Up was created in partnership with Instagram, which builds products and features to promote and support small businesses and help them grow in tough times. Thanks for listening.